Hi, I'm Pastor Chris with Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We're so excited for you to join us for our family series called My House, where pastors Nick and Misty discuss the foundations of a family in Christ. They discuss marriage, children, vision, and much more. Hope you all enjoy the series. Well, while he's doing that, while we were praying and worshiping, I seen freedom coming to you guys as households. We have been believing for God to strengthen your household. We, the Lord spoke to us and said that he is going to strengthen families. And uh, whether you are older and it's just the two of you, he's going to bring strength to your household. Whether you're a family and you have a bunch of little ones, he's going to bring strength and wisdom to your household. Amen? Amen? You know, the enemy doesn't want you guys to be free in unity in your homes. Because, man, when a spirit of unity hits your house... You are unstoppable. Amen? Amen? That's awesome. Last, last week, I just want to recap just a little bit. We were talking about putting expectations on people, putting expectations on the Lord. And, you know, you go back and you read or I, you listen to. I don't like listening to myself, but I did this week. And I was like, all right, God, I need to, like, clarify some things. And I said, um, one of the things that I said is that, you, um, when, when we put, we even put expectations on God and when he doesn't meet them, then we get all upset. And when I said that, I was like, man, but your word does say come expecting Lord. What's the balance in that? And there is a balance. So the Lord began to speak to me and said, you know, it's when you put the selfish ambition expectation on the Lord that he doesn't meet when it becomes the problem. But when you put the faith expectation on the Lord, in line with his word and his will and what he has to say, the Lord wants us to come expecting because he wants to pour those promises out on us. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So I got some scripture on that because I was like, uh-uh, I can't let the enemy sneak in and bring a foothold to my people. I got to let them know that they do come expecting Jesus. You do put an expectation on the Lord, but you got to put the right kind of expectation on him. You can't, you can't put the expectation for him to fulfill your selfish desires that he doesn't even want for you. He already knows that, you know, the Lord only gives you what you can handle. Some people are like, well, when's the Lord going to make me rich? He obviously knows that you can't be rich because <laughs> you know what happens to people who get a bunch of money, right? <laughs> We've all seen it happen. Some people can handle it and some people can't. So, you know, he kind of slowly increases you. So you get there. Amen. When you start, when your mind starts saying, you know what, Lord, I want the riches for your kingdom. Use me as a vessel to be able to filter money for your kingdom, to, to lay it back out for your will, your desire, for your will to be done on earth. I mean, in heaven as it is on earth, then it's a totally different, it's a totally different thing. Now God's going to start pouring into you. Amen. So now you put the expectation on the Lord. This is just an example. You can put the expectation on him to meet the need because it's for the kingdom. It's not for my selfish ambition. Amen. Because that, you'll never satisfy self. The Lord already knows that. So in the book of Matthew, it says that God cares for the flowers. He cares for the birds. And you are far more valuable to him than the flowers and the birds. Say, I'm more valuable than a bird. And the Bible says that if God cares so wonderfully for them, why wouldn't he care for you? Amen. And so the Lord wants to meet all of your needs, mm. right? And then the Lord wants to increase you so that you have more than enough to be a blessing. And that's really the bottom line, you know, at the end of the day. To be able to have more than enough so that you can be a blessing to others. Yeah. Amen. So I want to read a passage of scripture. Today we're going to be talking about the foundation and the structure for your home in the series. And if you open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation and it says, Jesus speaking, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it is built on the bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. 
And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. So Jesus has, has clearly laid out to us that if we want to build solid lives, we have to build it on the Word of God. Look at somebody and tell them, you have to build your life, you have to build your life. On, Jesus Christ on Jesus Christ and on His teachings, on, his teachings. on the Word of God. On the Word of God. Amen? Amen? And so, that's the foundation. And He says, if you build it on His teaching, you are wise. Any wise people in the place? Yeah, right? that's me. That means that you have to hear what the Word says, and that means you have to do what the Word says. Yes. Say, don't just be a hearer of the word. Don't just be a hearer you have to be a, be a doer of the word. What good is it to learn the principles but never apply the principles, right? And so we're dealing with families. We're dealing with relationships. You know, I come from Africa. My mom comes from Germany. My dad comes from Lebanon. That's pretty messed up. That's serious. There's a lot in there. What is your background? Um, well, your yeah. dad is Irish. Yeah, it's Irish and Indian. So they both are kind of like are mixed with Irish and Indian. So, so. we got Irish, Indian, German, Arab, <laughs> African, American. And, you know, my dad raised me to be really strong. You know what I mean? He'd be like, uh-uh. You crying about that? I'm going to give you something to cry about. You know what I mean? Like, I could not come home and complain about something or like he was like, it needs to be a serious issue. You don't just, you're not weak. I didn't, I, I didn't train you to be weak. That's what he used to say, right? And he'd be like, you know, you're going to get in a fight. You better, you better win. Or uh, <laughs> when you come home, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. Like I was like, all right, Jesus, don't let me get in any fights. Because if I don't win, that's not, no good. <laughs> and so we come from very different backgrounds. Redneck, yeah. You know, God transformed him, and, you know, we came out of the redneck scene and, like, started serving the Lord. But, man. Who's a redneck? I was, my oh, dad you. was a redneck. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to say, like, Indian Irish. Like, everybody can understand redneck around here. You know what I mean? You're tough. You, like, you know, get your gun out and, like, your shotgun and was like, did you come on my property? You know, type thing. <laughs> So when you come from two very different backgrounds and you bring the man and the woman together in a household, there's a lot of chemistry going on. Mm. Amen. I think if you think about your chemistry that you got going on in your house, I think everybody's got some interesting scenarios going on, right? Yeah. And how do you bring this side and this side into unity, right? There has to be a common denominator for you to settle on. Because otherwise you're saying, well, we do it this way, and we do it this way, and I want it my way, and I want it this way. So there has to be compromise. And we spoke about this last week, right? And so in the family series here, we want to see your households get strong. We want to see your households getting to unity. Because unity is where God commands His blessing. Mm. And we Amen. want to see the commanded blessing of the Lord in your households. That means we have to build it God's way. Yes. The foundation has to be right, and the structures have to be right. You want to read that Proverbs scripture? The Proverbs? Sure. I got so many Proverbs. I got my expecting Proverbs. I, but you know what? You guys got that message, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to flip to the Proverbs here. All right, so Proverbs 24.3. This is the amplified version. It's through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built and by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. So you have to get the wisdom, God wisdom. And not only do you have to get it, but you have to get its understanding. Because that's where it builds. I like what it says in the Amplified, a life. Because sometimes we're like, oh, well, it's just me. I'm single. Yeah, that's you, a life. Yeah. A home and a family, amen, is built on it. And when it's on a sound and good foundation. So we want to get the wisdom of God. Say, I need the wisdom of God. I need the wisdom of so God. So let's pray really quickly. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning that you would give us wisdom for our households. Every place where we are out of alignment today, I thank you that the word of God corrects us, God. 
And even as we learned last week, Father, that we are open to receive correction from you because you correct children that you love, God. Father, today I thank you for the word that brings adjustment and alignments in our hearts and in our lives in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And then Missy's going to read the same passage of Scripture. and It's in Colossians, right, babe? Mm-hmm. And so Ephesians chapter 6, this is where God starts giving us the structure for the household. And in verse 1 it says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. This is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. So this is for children that are living in the household, right? Right? Who's still got kids living at home? So in kids' church today, if your kids are here, um, the kids' ministry is going to be doing a series, and they're actually going to be doing one of the Sundays about children obeying your parents. Come on, can I get an amen? (laughs) We deserve a prize for that. (laughs) We really do. (laughs) But you know what else is amazing today in kids' church today? They, they learn about the Holy Spirit the last several weeks, and they started learning about the Holy Spirit in them. Now they're starting to learn about the Holy Spirit on them, mm-hmm. on how the Holy Spirit can come upon them for the use of, uh, to use it to, to bless others. To others. Amen? Come on now. Those are some good foundations that your kids are learning. So we've got a good kids ministry over there, and the yeah. kids are being touched over there. And through this series, we're going to be doing things that are going to line up with what we're doing in here so that your kids are learning things like sharing, like shared responsibilities in the household, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's stuff in the household that needs to be done. And so we want to teach your kids these principles so that your household can be blessed and that your household can be strong, right? Then it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And then it goes into, Slaves, obey your masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we're slaves or free. Say that the Lord will reward me me. for the good that I do. do. Say that again. The Lord will reward me for the good that I do. do. Many times we're looking for people to reward you, but I want you to get your expectation on God rewarding you for the good things that you do. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Now, we don't have slaves and slavery anymore. But this applies to the business and the work environment today, right? So this would be work, serve your bosses, serve your managers as though you were serving Christ, correct? Uh, And then it goes into masters, or if you're a business owner, if you're a manager, treat your slaves or your workers in the right way. Don't threaten them. Don't hold the job over them. Don't be a threat to threaten them. You both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. Now, I read that piece first just to get that out of the way. Now, we're going to get over here onto the other side. Go to verse 21. It says, wives and husbands, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, right? You know, it's, for Misty and I, it's not just I'm the man of the house and I tell you what to do. Or Misty's the bossy one and she tells me what to do. No, we submit to one another, and we spoke about this last week, that we submit to one another's strengths, correct? It says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. And as the church submits to Christ, so your wives must submit to your husbands in everything. So... Woman, you're not supposed to submit to other men. You're supposed to submit to your own man. Wives, submit to your own husbands. You're not submitting to other men, right? So you want to bring order into your home by coming under submission to your husband because when God created man, he brought woman under man, right? Man is the covering for the household, 
and the wife is to come and submit under the husband. And the children are supposed to come and submit under the parents. And Missy's going to talk about organizational charts, right? But this is the structure that God has set for the households. And this is the alignment that we want to come into. For husbands, what does it mean? It means love your wife. For husbands, it means love your wife. Let me shout it a little louder. For husbands, it means love your wife. Just as Christ loved the church, He gave up His life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of the Word. He did this to present her to Himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Mm, amen. <laughs> Let me rewind. It says, for a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of His body. As the Scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And so I say again, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Right? You know, um, the Bible says that when a man and a woman get married, you leave your families and the two become one, right? One of the biggest problems you're going to have in your marriage, this is for married couples, is that if there's still an umbilical cord tied from, from the man to his mama... <laughs> And the wife to her father. Because there's nothing worse that when something goes wrong, that Misty runs to her dad instead of running to me. Yeah. That did happen in the beginning. I was like, my dad knows what he's doing when it comes to cars. You don't. My car is broke. I'm calling my dad. And he would get so mad at me. And I'd be like, oh. She's stuck on the side of the road. She doesn't call me. She calls her dad. Right? And so what I want you to understand is that when the two become one, you have to cut those ties with the family. Look at the person next to you. Say, you've got to cut the tie <laughs> with cut mom them. and dad. That means when there's a fight in the house, you don't run home. Yes, worst thing to do, married couples. Do not go to your mom and dad and tell them all about your, your husband. I'm thankful that I actually have really good parents and, you know, they, they got this right at, when I was a teenager. So when I would run to them, I mean, one time I packed my stuff and went home. And my dad's like, I'm going to let you stay here tonight because it's like midnight. But in the morning, you need to go home. <laughs> you know, but that's not always the case. When you run to someone, even your friends, and they come into agreement about your spouse, guess what? Your offense that you have in the moment of them, they got that. So they don't like your spouse. You know what I'm talking about? you got to go and get good godly wisdom on, you know, you can only change you. You can't change him. Amen? And so here, here comes the thing. If you keep breaking this structure in the household, it's going to cause problems in your house. Mm. So especially those who are younger and just married, you know, you're going to have issues in your marriage. You're going to face things. Why? Because the Arab, German, African is uniting with, with an Indian-Irish redneck. <laughs> and these two somehow have to become one. And there's a lot of resistance, and there's a lot of bumping heads, and there's a lot of trying to figure this thing out, right? And so if, if I keep running to my mom and my dad and saying, well, Miss these da na 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 and then I go to all my friends and I say, she's a la 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 Now what happens is all my friends and my family have an issue in their heart towards her. So now if we work things out, 
they're still going to have those issues in their heart. Yeah. Why? Because you've been sowing it as seed. That's good. And so we have to be very careful that we protect our households. Yes. That we work things out in our homes. And that if you're going to, if you're going to, if you need a place to go deal with it, go somewhere where you're going to get counsel to get those things fixed instead of pouring it into family members that are going to get bitter against the person you're with. Yes. What do you want to add? All right, I want to add this. Colossians 3, 12 through 15. Now, we heard in that Proverbs uh, scripture that you got to get the wisdom for a life, a home, a family, right? Well, this is for a life. This is for you. Say, this is for me. So... How do I keep it all together, you know? The redneck wants to come out, and the German wants to come out, and we want to, like, you know, go to war to see who's going to win the battle, you know? I was, <laughs> I'm stubborn, so I could be like, I'm going to win this, you know? I'm stubborn. I'm, what like, up for the about? challenge. I'm like, I'm going to win. Let's go. Let's go, boy, to the front line. Mr. and Mrs. No Smith. No lie. One time we got into an argument. Really? We're going to go yeah, there? Yeah, we're going to go there. All right. We're being, you know, transparent, right? Okay. Right? And I don't know what it was about, right? But I was mad. He addressed the kids in a tone I didn't like. And I was like, you know, I can address them in a tone that's not fair. But when he does it, I have a problem with it. You know what I mean? Because Mama Bear is going to protect those babies. You know what I mean? Like, you think you're the only one who can address them rough. You know? That's how... And he didn't do that very often, but because he did, I was like, uh-uh, you're not taking my children to school. And he's like, I'm taking the kids to school. I'm like, no, you're not. So I'm at the, I'm like getting the kids in the car. I'm in the driver's seat. He's like trying to get me out of the driver's seat and I'm pushing him back. So, you know, he, he doesn't really like put his hands on me, right? Never. He's never put his hands on me, but I will start pushing him. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm like incredible Hulk coming alive but I'm not I really am a woman and he's a male I don't know what I'm thinking that I could actually push him I'm like get out get away from the car right now <laughs> you know what I mean so it ends with us rolling on the grass in the front lawn literally we got the sheriff guy from across the, the street if you could have seen us, we're rolling on the lawn. I'm, like, using all my strength. And, like, we both kind of, like, stood up and was, like, at this We got grass point. in our hair. And we started laughing so hard. And, you know, God just fixed it right then and there because we were, like, what the heck are we doing? We're literally grass. My hair's, like, all knocked around. And we laughed so hard. And we were, like, I hope the, the cops We hope the cops across us. the road aren't watching you know, us right didn't now. didn't watch us. But we laughed so hard, and, and God fixed it, and, you know, I had to realize that I have to allow him to bring correction to the kids as well, right? Here's the key. Here's the secret. So, in Colossians 3.12, this is for you. This, isn't, this, isn't, this is for you to function, okay? Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. That's really good. Always be thankful. Come on now. When you get into complaining, when you get into finding fault, if you look hard enough, you can find fault in anything. True. And anyone, and, and you can find fault. But if you get yourself into that place, in that rut where all you're doing is complain, 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 nothing's ever good enough, you're, you're, you find yourself in a rut. Now, how are you going to be merciful? How are you going to be kind? And how you do it is through humility. That's really good. Humility and gentleness. So, in households, when you're not, when you're in, in the fight of it all, or say you're in a household and you come to church, but your spouse doesn't come to church. You're seeking God, but he's, or he or she is not seeking God. What do I do then? How does that pertain to me? 
You come with mercy, gentleness, humility, love. Be clothed in the love that Christ has. Good. Allow that to clothe you because that will change the atmosphere of your home. Amen? If you want to bring change to your home and your spouse is in unity to serve the God you serve, he's not, she's not in agreement to say, you know what, I don't, I, they're not going to clothe themselves in that. They don't want to know the God that you know. Then you, you have to come in love because love changes the circumstances. Love is what changes the heart of people. Serve them like you've never served them before. Amen. Now, if you're single and it's you, you are, you're the person. Correct. Then you get, the, you get that ability and that freedom to be able to bring this principle, be the atmosphere changer of your home, and, and run your home in the same manner. Amen? What, um, do you want me to go into organizational sure. charts? Sure, go for it. Um, next, I want to go into organizational charts. I liked reading that because right underneath that, it tells you how to run my house in Colossians. So... We read Colossians 3, 12, and 15, but starting in verse 18, which I think it's so interesting. I love reading scripture. Like if I'm reading one, one portion of the scripture, I like to read the entire chapter because I think it's very interesting how God lays foundation on foundation. Amen. He, 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 we read what I just read on how you need to be, and then it comes into the order of the home. And it's exactly what Nick is saying. And just like there's an or organizational chart at your office, at your work, at corporate, there's an, God's designed us to have an organizational chart in our home, which is wives submit to your husbands as it is fitting to those who belong to the Lord. Same scripture Nick was reading. It's amazing how many times this is repeated in the word. And then husbands, love your wives that never, and never treat them harshly. Children. Always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. So we have to train our children to obey us, to obey the parents, the authority that, that for the time being that you have them. They have to learn to obey you. This is Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 18. Oh, sorry. Did it's I not fine. say that? That's all right. I said it. Okay. And then it talks about slaves again, but I'm going to put this. I'm going to put workers, obey your your bosses obey the authority that you have at work because it's amazing how it talks about how you're supposed to act in the home and then it tells you how you're supposed to act in the workplace yes at home you're submitting to your husband and or if there is no husband and children are submitting to the parent of the house yes if there is no husband no parents guess what the only person you have to submit to is the lord because it's his job in the household and my job because I'm submitting to him to submit to the Lord, right? So then it goes into your workplace and it says, in everything you do, please tr try, um, to please try to please at all times, not just when, you are, when, you, when they are watching. Come on now, how many times have we been in the workplace and as long as the boss's work is watching, where our game is on. But the minute they ain't watching, it's like, woof, they're gone. We used to do that with our substitutes. The substitute teacher would come in and be like, yeah, we got a substitute today. You know what I mean? When the, when the teacher wasn't there to watch us, you know, that's the same thing. So don't just, don't just give 110% when um, they're watching, but give 110% when they're not watching. Amen. Amen. Try and please them at all times, it says. Serve them sincerely because your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than people. Amen? Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that your, I'm going to say boss, your serving is Christ. So you've got to look at the person that God has put you under to serve. My husband, my children, whatever. And you have to serve them as though you are serving the Lord. Amen? It's not about what they can give back to you. It's about that God is setting up your inheritance. He's the one that's going to bless you. He'll bring honor to you when honor is due. Amen? It's very important because in the workplace, if you have a bad attitude in the workplace, 
and you're murmuring and complaining against your boss, you're not giving 100%, you're cutting corners, eventually you're going to get fired. And when you lose your job, that brings a strain financially to your household. So what God is doing here is He's telling you, this is the order you need to have in your household, but then you need to have order in your workplace because the finances that you're going to need are going to support the household to make sure that your household is fully provided for. Amen. Right? And so it's important to know that we need to submit to our bosses. And if there's an issue that you have with your boss at your workplace, go and talk to them. Right? But don't be going behind their backs and sharing stuff because it's going to come out. Mm. Listen, everything that is said about us behind our backs eventually comes around and we hear it. What you talk about at your dinner table gets out. And sometimes your kids hear it and then they slip up. And you're like, you know better. What is in this house stays in this house. <laughs> but here's what happens. Your kids eyes. are going to hear what you're saying and they're going to say it outside yes. in the worst moments. Anybody have one of those moments? It's supposed to be a secret. So there's an organizational chart in the house. Yes, there's an organization on the chart in the house. And then it goes into the workplace. And I think it's interesting that it goes into the workplace after the organizational chart. And like I was reading in Colossians 12 earlier, um, so many times we can become complacent and we can start complaining. And I really want to nail that complaining thing because, man, when you allow complaining to enter in, if you start complaining about your spouse, if you start complaining about your children, if you start complaining about your work... It brings a toll to the, to the home. Yeah. And it sets the organizational chart from the home, and then it says the workplace. Because so many times, I'm so thankful, so thankful. I've got, you know, you get generational cursing, and you get generational blessing. And one of the generational blessings that my parents gave to me is that whenever I came home from work, when I first started working, if I came home to complain about my job, I didn't like something, I didn't like the way they ran it, my dad was like, uh-uh. You may not complain about your job. I don't care if they tell you to scrub the toilet with a toothbrush. You get a paycheck to do what they asked for you to do. You agreed on the pay that you started with with them, and you may not complain about it. And from, like, he would, like, I'd get in trouble for that. You weren't allowed to complain about your, your work. But that was, so, that was so good because so many times once we start getting into complaining, you know, your other half, or your children, or whoever is in the home with you, they can only hear complaining so much before they're just like, quit your job. I can't hear I can't it take anymore. it anymore. Can't take it anymore. You're so unhappy. Just resign. Just quit. Quit. And then you know what happens? Now, here it is. We're going back to the family organizational chart. Now, when two of you had two incomes bringing in, now there's a financial stress on the home. Now what you were once complaining with with a job, at first it's okay. You're believing. You're, you're strong. But then when financial strain comes, man, the pointing the fingers start to happen. Yeah? And things become hard. So it's very important that you nip complaining in the butt immediately because it can stop the blessing that God has got for you. Right? And, when you, and when, you, when you go into your prayer, when you go in and say, you know what, God, I'm going to give this to you. There's nothing I can do about this, and this is where you have me right now. Show me, Lord, what you want to do, do through me in the place you have me right now so that you can take me where you want to take me somewhere else later. Amen. You're going to go through stepping stones in your life. Yes. Who knows what I'm talking about? Who's been through some of these? And you can say, yep, I know what that's all about. And it's only when you pass the test do you break through. You see, if you don't pass the test, you're going to go around that mountain again, and you're going to face the same test, mm. right? So you can leave one man and find another man. You can find, leave one woman and find another woman. But until you pass the test you're going to face that test again. Yeah. You can leave one job environment to another job environment. You're going to face the same test, and if you don't make the test, 
you're going to give up and you're going to quit and you're going to think something else is better on the other side, but it's really not. And there's things that each and every one of us have to face and overcome. And the only way you overcome those things is to lay it down. You've got to lay the fight down. You've got to humble yourself and you've got to let that thing die on the inside of you. Yes. Anybody with me? You hear what I'm saying? Because yeah. as long as that thing's fighting and raging, it's going to cause you to fall repeatedly. Yeah. And you know what? Um, that was another thing that my mom used to tell me. She was like, man, Misty, every time you get something, you love it in the beginning. But after like a few months, you start finding fault in it. Why is that? If you can't be happy at one place, you'll never be happy at another place. And I kind of was like, what? What are you talking about? So then I started, I started recognizing this thing in me that, man, I am finding fault in everything. I need to, I need to stop doing that. And, you know, the Lord delivered me from that so that I, I could stop finding fault, but then I could start enjoying. Now, I, it doesn't matter what you put me in. I love, I, I love to work. I'll just work wherever. I could work with the four-year-olds. I could work in the kindergarten class. I can work at the front desk. I can work in the accounting department. In the I kitchen. Can, in the kitchen. I'll go anywhere and find joy. Because it, the joy doesn't lie in what I'm doing. The joy lies within me. Amen? And when you can get to that place, I'm telling you right now, you freedom. Right. Freedom comes. Amen. Yes? Now you, now you get up every morning. You're like, what, what's going on today? What's my day going to hold today? It becomes exciting. Yeah? That's great. That's good. Yeah. You know, since the worship time, I'm just like in la-la land here. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like ready for like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just out of it right now. <laughs> it's so good, babe. I love listening to you. Really? Yeah, I really do. She's I decided this week that I'm not going to say, you know what I'm talking about? Because I said that a whole bunch I of say times amen last a lot. week. And I was like, man, I almost got discouraged. And I was like, I'm not preaching anymore. I actually told Nick that. I'm like, uh-uh. I stumbled over my words. I'm not going to preach anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that God sent somebody that I didn't know to pray for me over the phone and confirm what God was doing. You know, he gets to you what you need for what he needs to get through you. Because the enemy and the lies and the things, you got to tear those things down. Amen? It is good. So here we have it. We have structure and order in the home, right? So what, what, the ideal situation, right? Say this is the ideal situation. It's the ideal. Is before you get married, you, you make sure that your spouse and you are on the same page with where you are in your faith. Equally yoked. Correct? We encourage our children, right? The, the, the person that you're going to marry, they need to believe the same things you believe. Because if they don't believe the same things you believe... In the beginning, it's all the fluffy and the flurries. But as you get older in your relationship, that belief foundation makes a big difference down the road. Right? And it becomes a struggle and it becomes a fight. Mm. And it, it almost starts taking you two different directions. Right? And that's the place where it starts getting hard. Right? Now, I don't know. Different families have different situations. There's single moms, there's single dads, there's homes that where, you know, the, the mom doesn't come to church or the dad doesn't come to church or whatever the case may be. And so there's a lot of different scenarios. So here we are, we're, we're, we're trying to bring strength to the family, right? We, we've got to lay different foundations. We want to speak into different areas so that we can give people encouragement for where they are, right? So the, the first thing is, if, if um, you're not married, and you're going to get married, you got to make sure that the foundation is right. And it's not just go to church. Do you have a relationship with God, and do they have a relationship with the Lord? That's good. Right? Because anybody can go to church and claim the tag, I'm a Christian, because I go to church. But are you living the Christian life? What is the belief system? Right? 
Some, some people believe certain things and they don't believe other things. And that's a very important thing to look at if you're dating and you're choosing a spouse. If you, if you, if you are single and you're looking for a person, make sure you, and you're part of this ministry, make sure you bring him to church. Yeah. I want to look into their eyes. <laughs> Misty wants to look into their eyes. Yeah. We want to see how they handle this environment here. <laughs> Are they squirming in their seats or what's going on? Yeah. Me and Havana, we have a joke, you know, because she's believing for a husband. So we see someone cute, we're like, ooh, they cute. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> and if they say no, we're like, oh, okay, I can't get your number. If they say... <laughs> And so we say it all the time. We, like, role play in the car. And we're, we're like, already, like, determining that we're going to find somebody that says, yeah, we know Jesus one day. And we're going to be like, can I get your number? <laughs> like, do you know Jesus? Not know of him, but know Jesus. <laughs> and so that's a very important foundation, right, in getting married. You know, Misty and I will sit with people that are looking to get married, and we're going to ask some of the harder questions that you might not think about because of the googly goos in your eye, right? Mm. So you thinking that marriage is going to solve your problems, but it's not going to solve your problems. It's going to magnify them. It's true. Marriage doesn't fix your life. It's now just adding more to the puzzle. Correct? And so there's things you've got to talk about. There's things you've got to think about. Simple little things, right, can be big. And when you come from two different backgrounds and you're raised two different ways, there's a lot of things living separately where you've got your own space, but now you're living together and it's opening up a whole new world. Mm. You didn't put the toothpaste cap on. And now when I squeeze the toothpaste out, it's dry before it goes on my toothbrush. You know what I'm saying? Like you leave your clothes on the floor where I walk. The hamper is there, but my bed is here, and this is where I walk. And you... So these little things can cause massive, you know, and these are just natural things. The foundational things are very important, and you need to get those things solid, yeah. right? So we want to let you know that if you need marriage counseling, Misty and I will take time, we'll sit with you and your spouse-to-be. Make sure you bring him to church. And don't be in a hurry. Let me say that again. Don't be in a hurry to just pick anyone. Yeah. Because you pick the wrong one, you're going you're gonna to suffer. Mm. Right? And we don't want suffering. And God has first best for you. You know, sometimes we settle for second because we don't feel that we're deserving of it. But God has someone out there that is first best for you. Amen? Amen. So if you're single and you're believing for a spouse, don't settle for second best. Amen? If you are here and you guys are married and you're doing this together, start building a new culture and a new foundation and build it on the things of God. Put Christ in the center of everything you do. And watch this, your foundation strengthen. Amen? Amen. So, you know, that's, that's the foundation for your home. He doesn't want to tell any of his stories. No, I, I'm not telling stories right now. Um, so this is, this is the foundation and this is the structure for, for you. If you're single, planning on getting married, we, have, we, we want to help you. If you're married, Misty said it, get into the Word together as a family and start building your lives on what the Word of God says. Now there's people here who have spouses that do not come to church. And that can be very hard sometimes. Because you're trying to drag somebody and bring them somewhere, and they're just not interested. Right? You know that they have issues, but they're not willing to work on them. Right? And that becomes very hard and very straining. And many times you want to give up on that person and walk away. Right? And what Missy and I want to encourage you to do is you need to go after their soul to bring them to Christ, right? You need to love them into the kingdom, right? That's good. So 
you, you got to lay down your life to serve that person whether they come to church or not. You got to show that you're not just coming to church and going home bitter. Because they don't want that Jesus. They don't want you to go to a place and then come home and whine and complain about what you're not doing and why you won't come to God and then throw scriptures out at them. Yeah, that's not going to help. That's not going to work. But if you'll love that person, you'll care for them, you'll serve them, you'll keep the right attitude, you'll pray for them. You know, <laughs> you hear people, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, they'll, they'll come to the, to the church and they'll say, please pray over my handkerchief or pr pray, you know, and they'll put oil on the beds and, you know, <laughs> people go to all kinds of extremes for their spouses, right? <laughs> but you need to make that spouse your mission field, right? Because That's you good. want to get your household one to Christ first before you win anybody else to God. Mm. So I want to encourage you, if your spouse isn't coming to church, love them. Okay, love is the highest goal at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Care for them. Treat them with respect. You know, now if you're in a situation where your spouse is abusing you, that's not a situation that you want to live in, right? You do not want to subject yourself to a place where you're being beaten, you're being abused, you're being threatened, you're, you're being, being controlled. controlled, you're being put down, like, severely. That's a situation that you need to separate yourself from because nobody needs to be abused in their life, right? Nobody needs that. Amen? And in that situation... If the, if the spouse wants to leave, let them depart. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we stay in those situations that are abusive because we're like, well, can I make it on my own? Can I do this on my own? And you can. Don't allow fear to grip you because if he cares for the lilies in the field and the birds in the sky, you are far more valuable than those. Amen. He will provide for you. He will look after you. And I've seen it with my own eyes. The Lord providing. Amen. And that's some of the foundational stuff that we wanted to lay for today concerning marriage, right? Uh, husbands and wives, you leave your father and your mother. That means don't run to your parents every time there's a need in the household. Don't go run and share your family business with the other household. Keep what happens in your home private. Right? It is your sanctuary. It is your home. Keep it private. Don't, don't be running your mouth about your husband and your wife to your friends and other people. Or on Facebook, social media. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you right now, if I did that, my husband, he might beat me. He's never laid a hand on me, but he might. Listen, don't <laughs> share your life on Facebook. That is not the place to put your woes and your cares and your worries and all those kinds of things, right? You know, and then people throw comments out there. Like, listen, you're talking to the choir when you go to Facebook. Mm. If you've got an issue, go talk to the person about it. Don't put some massive thing out there where everybody has to respond, are you okay? Or if you've talked to the person and you guys can't come into agreement, go get counsel. Call someone who can counsel you, give you good counsel. Amen? Amen. I think that's good. Yeah, I think that's good. And if you, you know, you're single and you're running your household, you're the head of the household. Amen? Correct. So let's stand today. If you have a spouse next to you, grab their hand. If you are believing for a spouse... I guess you could open your hands <laughs> to receive them. <laughs> if you have a spouse that's not here, put your hand on your heart. We're going to okay. pray for them. Yes. Amen. Right? And if you're single and you're never going to be married, just celebrate. <laughs> if you're single or, um, and, you know, you're not planning on getting married, then just pray for the people around you. Yes. Amen. Amen. Are there any other scenarios? Like if you've lost a loved one even mm, today. Yeah. We'll pray for you too today. Yes, a widow. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the families that are re represented yes, here. Yes, Jesus. And Father, we have singles. 
we have those that are married, those that are separated and divorced, those that have lost loved ones, Father, those that are looking for the perfect one, Father. And Lord, you know every household, you know every circumstance, you know every situation. And Father, we want to see unity in the home between husbands and wives, between parents and children, and Father, between brothers and sisters. And Heavenly Father, we bring every household before you today. And Father, you know the details of every person and every situation, every relationship in their homes. And Father, I ask that you would pour out wisdom. Father, even some of the scenarios and the word and the things that we've shared today, Father, I pray that it would speak to your people even after they leave this place, that you would show them what they need to do to turn their home around, to build their home on a solid foundation, the things that they need to put into place to ensure that their homes are blessed and in line with your word, Lord God. Father, today I lift up every person and their households, and we pray for them. We bless them, Lord God. We ask that you would pour out your spirit, that you would pour out your favor, that you would pour out your goodness, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would correct us where we need to be corrected, that you would bring alignment into households, Lord God. Father, every attempt and strategy of the enemy to divide and destroy, we stand against it in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that spouses that are not serving the Lord, that, Lord, their their spouse will lead them to you, Lord God. I thank you that their hearts will soften and their hearts will turn, Lord God. Father, those that are seeking spouses, Father, I thank you that in the right time you will bring the right person. And, Father, we ask that you would work in their hearts to prepare them for the person that they're going to have as their spouse one day, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for marriages. Every marriage in this place, I decree and declare, is strong in Jesus' mighty name. And together they can overcome anything that they face in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Lord, that you provide for every household, every need. Whether it's a job, whether it's a vehicle, whether it's a roof over their head, clothing, food in the refrigerators, whatever they need, Lord. We ask for supernatural provision for every household, Lord. And Lord, those that have lost loved ones and are still grieving from that, Father, missing them. Father, I ask that you would fill that void with your love. And that you would comfort them. Bring friends into their life, Father. Good friends. And Father, we thank you for it. We pray for our children and our grandchildren now. And Father, we thank you that they will be raised up. Knowing the principles in your word, Lord God. And Father, we thank you for our children and our grandchildren. We bless them in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me. I'm